I literally can't stop. And so my only option really is standing still or excelling. When you're given those two options, why not just excel? Welcome back to the Tool for Rise podcast, aka the number one podcast in Winnipeg, where we document the rise starting of Winnipeg's talent and personalities. Sure. Right now, we're trying to beat uh, the city of Winnipeg. <laughs> just to let you guys know, the city of Winnipeg has 4,000 subscribers, and I think we create better content than them, so just subscribe. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> just start beef with the whole city. <laughs> Let's bring out our guest for today. He's the founder and CEO of High Key Enterprises, who's worked with well-known people like Lil Baby, Cardi B, Rick Ross, much more. Mm. He's a true definition of a Winnipegger who's made it out and made it to the big stage. Please welcome Luke Lintz. Big man. Let's go. Round hey. of applause. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Glad to be here. You're a big man <laughs> <laughs> with big stature and big achievements. Yeah. <laughs> we got to take it back. I know you've been on podcasts before, so we don't want to do those guys disservice by repeating your story. But give us a brief history on who you are. Like, you're high key. You, you and your brothers have, have created an empire that is going to get bigger and bigger. It's on the rise. Yeah. Where's that start, my friend? Oh, man, where's it you start? You've got to go way back. Where's it start? I, well, I appreciate it. I appreciate the applause and everything, but uh, it started It started in high school. Yeah. I went to Kelvin High School. Since this is a Winnipeg <laughs> podcast, gosh, shout Those guys out. know, yeah. And it was, in, it was in grade 10 going into grade 11, and we started this e-commerce company called High Key Technology. And so mm-hmm. we were selling, like, consumer electronics, and we started off with selling wireless earbuds. This was, like, before Apple AirPods was in, before, like, Samsung Galaxy Gear icons. And, like, we sourced them from China. Mm-hmm. We basically, like, bulk ordered them. We did, like, what was white labeling, not not drop shipping. So, yeah. like, we put a logo on it, put a High Key logo on it. And then we basically had all these products and we had no idea how to sell. Like basically my brother was in like marketing at university, <laughs> second year of marketing. I was in high school. We were starting business from scratch. And so we did the only thing we knew at the time, which was Instagram. And so we just started posting content mm-hmm. with like the earbuds. Dude, this content was horrible. Like <laughs> really, really bad. We were posting like iPhone pictures of these earbuds that we had ordered in of the samples. Yeah. We like created like some cringy videos with, with them. And like somehow they started selling. And the only reason is because it was a good product. It wasn't the advertising at all. Mm. And then so like we kept like testing out new things, kept like reaching out to uh, new new like Instagram pages to get our content post on that and like scaled it up from there and like before you knew it like we we scaled it to we scaled to seven figures in revenue when i was still in high school and i was feeling like so cocky (laughs) i was so on top of the world and it was good but the profit was horrible like with product-based business have you guys ever done a product-based business no no but we know that we know the you know, back end, the back end. Yeah, product-based businesses are a struggle. Like you got, you got the marketing costs, you got the fulfillment costs, which mm-hmm. include like the cost of goods sold. Like so, like the the product costs, the shipping costs, mm-hmm. uh, the warehousing costs. Like literally, the amount of costs that go into it is crazy. At the end of the day, we made seven figures of revenue, which is this some wild number, but we took home five percent of profit. Like oh, it was, yeah. it was horrible. Five <laughs> yeah. percent of profit split between three Forget. business partners. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so like still really cool. Like if you break down still really cool in high school but it it just wasn't we were running the numbers in terms of how big we had to scale to like we were like damn like we're we're gonna have to get to gym shark numbers before we can like start like legitimately paying ourselves Mm -hmm. and so 
that's when, uh, well, we ended up making a ton of mistakes in that business. And so then it was less than 5% profit margins. And we ended up going into debt because oh, we, we bought new products that weren't tested in the marketplace. And so we wanted to transition to what we were really good at, which was we took a step back and we were like, damn, like what we're really good at here is we're good at building a brand. Mm -hmm. Because at that point we were in debt. The products were all right and they were selling, but we had a brand that had like over a hundred thousand followers on the Instagram page. And we're like, damn. So like, we know how to like get customers through yeah. the door. We know how to like grow a presence. And so then we, then we started, uh, basically an agency, which came to high key agency and we started doing branding services okay. for other yep. people. And then it escalated from there. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> crazy, bro. Like doing some research on you guys. What do you guys, it was like a 300 something percent ROI on that, uh, investment right like because you started in 16 yeah at, at uh in high school yeah yeah right? yeah that, that 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 was on my website yeah, yeah so like we it was, yeah so we started in high school we we invested we invested nine thousand dollars of our own money into yeah. it that was the cost of the products yeah. and so we three business partners myself my older brother and they a good friend and we each split three thousand dollars okay and it was all the money i had at the time yeah. and then all of the marketing was natural on instagram and then yeah. so like yeah we like we sold all the products and like marked it up by three times and then, mm -hmm. and then made that back. We bought inventory and then went and went that way. Cause yeah. I think I, I saw an ad on Logan Paul's podcast yeah. about them. <laughs> was that your first, was that your first product placement or did you guys it, have stuff before that? So, so we grew up, we grew up the e-commerce business, uh, -huh. uh solely through meme page influencers. Uh, so like okay, we okay. bought, we bought meme, it doesn't really work right now sure. just because it's so oversaturated, but basically like there were like 1 million, 5 million, 10 million pages, like basically like the ranking right below world star sure, pages. Sure. Those are like meme pages uh, mm -hmm. and we'd okay. buy placements on them for like a hundred, $200 and we would get our videos like a million views, like yeah, crazy yeah. ROI. Uh -huh. Like we need like, we need like three customers to come okay. from a million views and it was so easy. Wow. You could post the crappiest video. Uh-huh. And so uh, the Logan Paul podcast, we grew it up with the meme page influencers, but the Logan Paul podcast, we actually got that feature for free. Okay. And we, we did it by, we got a client to pay. This is after uh, we started okay. the agency. We got a client to pay for a uh, sponsorship on the podcast. Sure. And it was a double sponsorship where we took ours for free okay. and then got him to pay for like both of them. Wow. That's yeah. Smart. And so like, it was actually on the out, like we actually made very little sales off that Logan Paul shout out and <laughs> it was on the out. We actually stopped doing the e-commerce business like right <laughs> after that. <laughs> That's wow. what broke it down. Right? <laughs> You're like, okay. I'm done now. <laughs> I'm done now. But even growing a e-commerce platform is, is difficult. It, even, you know, the, the seven figures or however, however much you guys grew it to that stuff's not easy. People struggle to get one sale. Why, why do you think, why do you think yours took off the way it did? Or what was it about yours that you thought was different? Uh, good product. Okay. Good product was number one. Like you, you can't, you can't do anything in e-commerce without a good product. Mm -hmm. This is it honestly in anything. Like you can't do a good, you can't sell a service without a good service. Cause you won't have recurring clients. You won't have word of mouth. Yeah. Uh, good product. And then right timing with the marketing. Okay. Like we somehow just like. Instagram was like literally the only thing we knew. Like if Instagram didn't work, like we would have been screwed. Like sure. Instagram was the only thing we knew at the time. And then somehow we knew how I get connected to like meme pages, which are pages that we literally followed. Mm -hmm. So we just somehow like felt the need that like, oh, we could like DM them and see if like how much their co page costs. And we're like, oh, it's only a hundred bucks. Yeah, mm -hmm. we'll pay for that. And so like, I, I, it was a lot of like right timing. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that where you figured out 
high key agencies business model was like yo they charge a hundred bucks <laughs> we could do the same thing to buy a spot is that how you figured it out so, so high the high key agency business model was like we we knew how to grow the brand yeah. from like buying these meme page influencer shout outs and by by posting good content to grow a following and so we're like I wonder if we could replicate this on people in an industry that have a much higher ROI than this e-commerce company. Mm-hmm. And so like, for example, like our first client who turned into our business partner in high key agency was a real estate coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like he makes one sale and it's $80,000. Yeah, right yeah. And so if we're able to grow his audience, it, it would justify that we can grow brands in not just the e-commerce space, but in mm-hmm. also like the real estate coaching spaces. So that's exactly what we did. We we did a very, very like big contract starting off with this guy named Stefan Arno, actually yeah, Winnipeg based yeah. Yeah, yeah. and literally killed it. Mm-hmm. Like killed it within the first two months. He got so many customers from it and like he was selling them in between like 10,000 to 80,000, wow. helped his Facebook ads. And he was basically like our testimonial that we were able to show to all these yeah. other clients. Is there a story behind that? Because we've had we've had uh, Adam and some of some of the other guys that you've known, Shiraz. Is there a story about you guys in like a restaurant and someone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's actually a, it, it's a pretty cool story. So we, we were at Stella's. Okay. Yeah. And it was myself, uh, my two brothers, mm-hmm. who, who are my business partners yep. now. And my older brother's been my business partner forever. Uh, my little brother recently came on. And then our mom. Mm-hmm. And right behind us is, is Stefan Arnio uh, talking with his marketing, like, girl or whatever. Uh-huh. And he's just <laughs> shitting on his marketing girl. And he's like, damn, dude, this, like, this marketing team that we have currently, horrible. Like, literally, they yeah. have to go. And my mom's just over-listening to their conversation. <laughs> And then when Stefan gets up and is about to leave, uh, my mom is like, hey, uh, excuse me, sir. Like, I, I know that you were talking about social media. And then he's like, yeah, I was. Well, my two sons are actually unbelievable social media marketers. So like, he, like she, <laughs> your mom's the hype man, the free hype yeah, man. Like a <laughs> business wingman. And then, like, and then she, uh, yeah, yeah. And then Stefan's like, how old, are, how old are you to my older brother? He's like, I'm 21. And then he's like, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 18. He's like, perfect. He writes down his number. He's like, give me a call here and pitch me. Yeah. And then, so like, I didn't, so this was like a whole new level. Cause like we did the e-commerce space. We'd, we've been doing decent, have no idea if I can market for a real estate coach. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, put together a pitch and then ended up closing him. Man, what was that <laughs> process like? Like learning the business, then going out pitching you guys and then finally building your company, man. <laughs> like, dude, how I have to say it is it was like, it was a constant learning progress. Mm-hmm. Like it was literally every step of the way which was really cool. It only stopped being this about, it only stopped being this about a year ago. Basically mm-hmm. when we moved to Puerto Rico, it stopped being this, but all the way up until that point, every single thing that I was doing was constantly learning. Like mm-hmm. while I was doing the task, I was learning about it. So like, for example, like I told this dude that I would get, make him a pitch for social media. I have no idea how I make a pitch. <laughs> and so I'm watching YouTube videos about like how to make a proper like social <laughs> media proposal. Yeah. And I'm basically like looking up templates on like law depot for like a proper social media contract, copying uh-huh. that and then like writing it up and then, yeah, and then <laughs> sending it over, basically like seeing what he says, and then like tweaking it for the next one. Were you guys jumping? Like, what was the reaction when <laughs> when, when, he like, when he leaves, and you're like, oh, now we actually got to do something? <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was exciting, man. Yeah, yeah. it was exciting. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. like he agreed to it for like a three month contract, and he's like, he's like, Let, let's test this out. Yeah. It was kind of like a. It was kind of like a, a, a luxury of no other options sure. uh, opportunity because. 
this is when high key tech wasn't going too well in terms of the e-commerce side of things. Mm -hmm. And so we were kind of in debt pretty much. And then we have this one social media client who's paying us, he, he was paying us like $5,000 a month for three months. Okay. And we were handling everything. We pitched him literally the moon, handling his YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, like uh -huh. everything, all of his content. And so I'm like, I'm like, damn, like there's no other option besides making this work. And so like, yeah, I was just working 16 hours a day, like on his content, ju just trying to figure out like what, what we could do, looking at other people in the space of real estate, seeing like what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So were you guys like, production like going out and filming this or like you're just sitting there editing or just running ads on his youtube stuff and i, I was straight like dude I, I i learned everything so like uh, from high key tech i was doing i was literally video editing and doing the videography for uh, high key tech i mm -hmm. took that into like steph and stuff mm -hmm. and like i was literally the one like filming him like with our dslr <laughs> and like i've learned a ton of stuff about that and then uh yeah editing myself like with adobe mm -hmm. premiere and i i didn't know how to hire contractors at the time and yeah, so yeah. so yeah it was crazy so just you and your brothers or your business partner yeah yeah yeah, yeah i was it yeah. was it was me jordan and then our good friend at the okay, time okay uh -huh. so you got one what was the what was the incentive to be like okay now let's do more of this the incentive was that Stefan literally was like, you guys are good. Okay, and so okay. it was like a, a third party reinforcement. And then he's like, I want to refer business over to you. And uh, we're like, wow, he wants to refer business. Like, what if we like outreach for business on our own? Mm -hmm. And then dude, like from that point, like once we, once we found success with Stefan, we were like, you, we could replicate this across everyone. And uh -huh. then we, we literally just spent so much time on sales and hiring. And that, okay, that okay, was okay. it. So we, then we hired our first employee at this then. And then like we kept hiring. Yeah. Bro, that was like a, that's like a dream come true kind of thing, eh? <laughs> yeah. Like what, what was that feeling like, man? Now you're people wanting to come work for you. Now you're building the team. You're building a brand. What was that process like, and what did that feel like, man? Oh, dude, that's a that's a good question, man. No other podcast has asked that. We've done a recent. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 feeling was. The feeling was pretty cool. Like it, it's just you guys, you, you four, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you guys don't have anybody else. Just well, us. Okay. Yeah. The, the, there'll just be a us. point in time, like when you guys like get brand sponsorships that you guys will like maybe hire an employee or like yeah. hire some contractors. Mm -hmm. um, I found it really, really cool because I was able to start switching my mindset. My mindset was always like, uh, my my time is going directly into this, which is making like this amount of money. Mm -hmm. When like you have to get out of that when you start hiring. And like, I didn't care about that anymore. And I was, I was more like, how can I get off the low dollar per hour activities off of my plate so I can escalate my thinking and my degeneration de to the next level. Mm -hmm. So like the first thing to go was video editing. Yeah. So like I, I literally got a contractor for video editing right away. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I literally loved it so much. It was such a creative thing. And like that, 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 that was just something I loved the journey of building it, but it wasn't something that I knew I was going to do forever for people who are videographers and video editors. Like they like love it and passion. Yeah, yeah. Like you can scale that up so high mm -hmm. and it's literally just about like what you love doing and what makes you happy. That's what it is at the end of the day. Sure. I've talked with billionaires literally at dinner and I've asked them straight up. I, I love asking questions to people. I ask them straight up. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, like what's the meaning of life? Like wh what's it all about? Like yeah. you literally stress yourself out and you're 60 and you're a billionaire. Mm -hmm. And he's like, man, like, you're a happy dude, Luke. Like, isn't it, isn't that what it's about? Isn't it just about being happy? I'm like, damn, like that is like, it's literally just about finding happiness and like whatever you're doing, because like what you're working on is like what you, what you do for the majority of time. Right. But what about the saying like more money, more problems? <laughs> like if you're a billionaire, right? 
like okay, you're gonna have problems. a lot of problems bro <laughs> right it, it, it's true more money more problems but uh money just have you guys ever seen alex hermosi no i haven't uh, heard of him dude alex hermosi crazy crazy person crazy influencer in terms of he, he's like the realest business influencer that's popping up if you guys want to learn about we'll some crazy out, yeah. business stuff this is the only dude I'm listening to on, on social media right now because he, he's literally talking for companies that are trying to take their business from like eight figures to nine figures. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And so he, he's done it himself and he's literally just documenting his entire process of how he's done it. Damn. And so he, what he said, the reason I brought that up is because he said more money. And once you reach a certain point of money, accumulation is that it only takes away money problems and then uh -huh. after the money problems then you're just left with like real life problems like right. everything else yeah like stuff that money can't buy like mm -hmm. relationships like all of that but um, I, I think when you're in that when you're in that grind phase right like when you're 18 19 years old you're not worried about like that to, you're talking to the billion you're like yo i want to make that billion right is that is that the mindset going in or dude, what's the mindset what gets you up in the morning dude the mindset going in this is actually a great mindset for people in winnipeg to have man <laughs> great mindset is that i was going into business when i was 16 years old yeah and so the mindset that i had is that all of my friends at the time are going to be graduating kelvin and they go into university afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then the average person is going to be spending four years in university yeah. and then might not even know what they want to do and might have to do another degree for another four years. And so I'm like, damn. So I could miserably fail, miserably fail, like yeah. literally go into debt and go bankrupt. Like I thought like the, to the extreme, I could go in debt and bankrupt at the age of like 27, 28. Mm -hmm. And as long as I learned more in the real life, uh, then learned in university in the business side of things, I'd be good and I'd be, I'd, I'd be better. And so like, that's how I did it. Like that, that's why I was able to like, just like take crazy risks. Like the amount of risks that we took were, were unbelievable. Like mm -hmm. putting so much money on the line and we've lost like, oh, we've lost a crazy amount of money, but <laughs> that's where it comes from. <laughs> Is there a particular Let's moment that him. really stands out? Of oh, losing friend. money? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we invested into this, uh, we invested into this cryptocurrency Ah. that we really believed in okay. uh, and we still do believe in, in it. It's called uh, DSO, if you guys. Yep. Yeah. Decentralized so, <laughs> social media. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> so it's for decentralized social media. We got put onto it uh, in March, 2021. Mm. And it's, it, it's the DSO protocol. So like, it's basically like an idea where it's a layer one blockchain, if anybody knows cryptocurrency, but it's a layer one blockchain where basically like, it's the, it's the blockchain for all, decentralized social media applications to be built off of like that's mm -hmm. their like kind of mm -hmm. pitch and stuff yeah, yeah yeah and so like basically decentralizing uh ownership of your content and mm -hmm. decentralizing like uh invest being able to invest into other creators like it was an idea where like we're in the social media space every single day i'm like damn like this is too good to be true sure. it might be too early sure. and for like a general user base but like this idea is too good to be true and the amount of investors like very large scale investors in it, winklevoss twins sequoia capital like massive damn. real estate investors in it i'm like this is just this is just a perfect opportunity so like we aped into it and we just kept aping in and like we, we invested 1.5 million dollars into it and like it's down to it's down to about like 500,000 right okay. now but yeah 
but you believe in the project. So, I be, I I mean, be, we believe in the project. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's yeah. not like you just dump your money in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, I don't yeah. want to put on any names. But yeah. Like, and, and, and we know the founder. Yeah. Okay. We, we've connected with the founder. We, we've been to his house. Sure. We know that he's a very genuine person. And mm-hmm. like, we know some of the other large scale investors in, in it. So like, it's not like we're pulling out the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you go from getting these guests, right? Like these, these business partners, to getting people like Lil Baby, Cardi B, is the baby today? Offset, the baby, you know, like <laughs> crazy names. What what was that feeling like when you like got that first artist, man? That's like heavy hitters, man. Yeah. So we had the agency. Yeah. yeah. And the number one problem of our agency clients, we were doing all their social media management. The number one problem was they were coming to us and they were saying, We're not growing enough on our Instagram damn like yeah like we're posting good content you're growing like a couple hundred followers a week like but you guys are wanting to grow tens of thousands you're wanting to get over the hundred thousand million followers like we get it we get it Mm -hmm. let us find it find a way and so my older brother started uh reselling giveaway spots for at the time there was no such thing as instagram giveaways and so there were like a couple of miscellaneous giveaways with supreme patty and he was selling like 10k follower packages basically like doing crazy videos and giving away like ten thousand dollars cash doing 10k Mm -hmm. the 10k followers and so jordan started reselling spots for him in the supreme patty and they ended up selling like 20 to 30 spots per giveaway and we're and i'm like dude like let's just run our own at this point like you're literally selling out their entire campaign like Uh these are sponsorship spots so basically people buying in and sponsoring the giveaway and then they're on the follower list so like when supreme patty is like yo i'm giving away this 10k all you gotta do is go over here and follow everybody that they're following that's the sponsor Uh, list okay yeah and so i'm like dude we could just keep run these ourselves and then we're like, yeah, let's do it. And so we accumulated all of the, it's weird, like, it's like a snowball effect. We accumulated all the influencer connections that we had from the e-commerce days <laughs> that we were paying, like, influencers yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. We accumulated all of them and ran, like, a, a our first giveaway, which was, like, with 10 uh, influencers. They weren't really celebrities. The biggest one was uh, Bad Baby, like, the girl on the Dr. Oh, yeah. Phil show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Cash Me a Sad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 and the, the giveaway slapped. Got 100,000 followers. It made a huge name for us in the industry. Mm-hmm. Other people started coming up to us, and it, it was it was huge for us that we, that we hit that. All of the people who bought into that giveaway were like, when's your guys' next one? And so we literally had a full roster of clients. Yeah. And we're like, damn, like now we can afford to pay a, a, a bigger dog. I forget who the next I forget who the next giveaway was, but okay. we click, quickly made our way up to uh, Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kevin Hart was like, dude, that, that was when I was like, oh my God, that's <laughs> super crazy. It was during COVID though. We were supposed to fly down and see Ke- kevin hart like okay. in person like he's my favorite yeah, comedian I'm like dude this is gonna, <laughs> be so, <laughs> this is gonna be so sick but i was stuck in winnipeg and so mm-hmm. we didn't make it down but it campaign went so successful most amount of money I, we've ever made in the matter of like a two weeks time span and just that that was another feeling of like feeling on top of the world there the instagram giveaways is something something different <laughs> right um, I think you guys were the first ones to do it or, um, cause a lot of guys have tried to replicate you, of course, right? Like the business model works, you guys are making money, they see it. So people are trying to replicate it, but I th- were you guys the first, I think you guys were the first to put a brand to it. Correct. 
we were the first to put a, a major brand, a brand to it. it. Cause most yeah. of it was like just random accounts that was like, Hey, go follow me. And yeah. it was, it, nobody knew if it was legit or not. And you guys legitimized it. Correct? It, it, it was re it's really good that you said that because yeah, there were other giveaways in the space, but they were, for example, like little pump did a giveaway and it was like, go follow at little pump giveaway. Yeah, yeah. And then they would do that. And then they would delete the page afterwards, literally made the entire <laughs> industry look like a, sp look like a scam. Yeah. And so that was a conversation we literally had at the beginning. We were like, damn, like a major way that we can set ourselves apart from this is by doing what we do best and building a brand around it. Mm -hmm. And like that would only benefit it because then everybody who's following it and like the email list that we create are all like from the previous giveaways. Uh, and so like our clients are getting all the value of not only the celebrity, but the value of our brand and the value of all previous giveaways like to, to come and enter that giveaway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it made sense. Yeah. So you're building these brands, right? And you're getting these instant followers. But do you think it's all about the followers or is also like engagement? Because we believe like get that engagement up. And even if you have 100 followers, if you can sell them $100 per 100 followers, you're making money still. Not high key money. <laughs> you're making money, right? So where's that balance between followers and engagement? Dude, these are some stellar questions, man. Number one in the city. Bro. Stellar <laughs> questions. So... The difference is in terms of like engagement versus like followers. So that it, it's basically like what you're going for with, if we're talking about Instagram specifically, there's different stuff about every single social media platform. But if you're talking about Instagram specifically, it's, it's about what you're going for. So like mm. our client base and the people who we target are top one percenters. So like they're literally the top 1%, whatever industry, cosmetic surgeons, coaches, uh, uh, dentists, real estate investors. And so like they don't make money necessarily off of like their engagement. Yeah, yeah. They make the mo the most like value in terms of like the low hanging fruit that's there for them of like us coming in and helping them out is making their social media presence look like they do in real life. And so for example, if somebody comes to a top 1% real like if a potential investor comes to a top 1% real estate investors, Instagram page, and they have like 15,000 followers, mm -hmm. it's a really, really bad look yeah. in terms of their social media presence, not matching up with what they do in real life. Mm -hmm. Now, if somebody comes to your guys's podcast, which is right now it's localized in Winnipeg yeah. and they see like how, how many followers is it? Uh, Instagram, a thousand, yeah. thousand and ten actually, and, and so like <laughs> that, that that doesn't that doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. And it, it 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 more matters like right now in terms of like where where you guys are at is the engagement numbers and like how much viewership you guys are getting, mm -hmm. and then it matters about like like it literally just matters about like what you're going what you after. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And so like most of our clients are just going after that number because Instagram to them is like a landing page sure. and not like because of where it is right now, like the mm -hmm. natural engagement sucks on Instagram. It's all over on TikTok. 100%. And so people use their Instagram just as a landing page. Cause when, when you, when you ask somebody who they are, you're searching them up on Instagram, Instagram before anything else, which mm -hmm. is crazy. Like that, that's a crazy thing. <laughs> Even yeah. brands too. Yeah. Even like, uh, many of the brands you search up unless they're like, uh, if it's a new brand, first thing I'm doing is Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to their website. Yeah. I'm not Googling it. Big time. Yeah. Like my girlfriend does it every single day in terms of She's doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, in terms of like spas or like any localized business, like the first thing that they're looking up is, is the Instagram. It's not even the website anymore. It's going to, straight to the Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And that's what Instagram is going to get to. Like right. it, Instagram's already there, but it's like a straight landing page and it's just going to keep going to that. Mm -hmm. And so like, 
what people need to do, especially if they're trying to like grow their brand and like have a really good presence on, on social media as a whole, they should be using Instagram as a landing page. Mm -hmm. They should be focusing all of their content efforts. Like you guys should be focusing like all your guys' like content efforts on TikTok. Yeah. 100% of, of it. Yeah. yeah, and then you guys should be growing that up, and then once it's at a certain point, then you can liquidate the TikTok people over to I would I would liquidate it probably to your podcast, but mm -hmm. like or like YouTube, a longer form piece of content. Yeah, and then once they go your longer form piece of content, then they'll come back to your other channels like mm -hmm. Instagram and stuff. The the whole argument about like because uh, we 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 had this conversation as well, right? Like the argument between engagement versus followers. I think on Instagram like you said, the clients that you have, they want that million. They want that blue check, right? So when people, it's like, I don't know where I heard this, but I heard this somewhere. It's like, if you go out, if you're at like an outlet mall and there's a whole bunch of people waiting outside a store, there's a line outside the store, you're more likely to be like, oh, what's that store? Versus if there's, the product might be worse, whatever. But I think Instagram is becoming the same way in terms of, oh, this person's got a million followers. This person's probably important. Is that where you see it's going? 100%. Right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And then with the engagement thing, like, you can't do too much on Instagram to increase your engagement numbers besides, like, posting extremely good content. Mm -hmm. And then there's sometimes, like, for our clients, we have, like, we, we have massive Telegram group chats for engagement, sure. like, of one of the engagement uh, groups okay. has like 60,000 active us people and so we, we do some like small engagement packages for instagram but those are people who just like want to up their engagement numbers mm -hmm. that's not like a, a really common thing that we do sure uh -huh. so you you funnel them in how do you generate the leads do you guys follow on that as well or yeah yeah so uh in terms of like how we're generating leads right now yeah so they just come to you. <laughs> dude, they, dude, this is this is really cool, man. This is really cool. I've never got into this. So uh, basically, since we started High Key Agency uh -huh. till uh, the end of last year, how we grew up the entire business, we're we're uh we're an eight figure business now and so how we got <laughs> you, got <laughs> out, you know respect respect how how we got up into that point was literally just with myself, my older brother, and my younger brother selling 100% through the Instagram DMs. Jeez. I know. What's I know. your screen time looking like? <laughs> Jordan's screen time was, uh, dude, for, for a period of three months, his screen time was 14 hours a day. Jeez. Yeah. No, it was unbelievable. And, like, yeah. he, he, he averages, like, about yeah. 10 hours well, a day minimum. So, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. And so, like, it was literally all through the Instagram DMs. And then Instagram DMs open rate, uh, started lowering at the end of 2021 okay. and so what we what we did is we were like damn we have to make a transition because we literally are at a pretty cool point with our business but we only have one really big lead in source mm -hmm. and so i'm like damn like we need to hire a sales team and so i'm not sure if you saw like my stories recently but like over the past two months it's been like straight like straight like want to join the best sales team uh, like because yeah. because i'm hiring yeah i'm going uh -huh. i'm going full out uh, hiring like a crazy sales team. So now we have like a, now we have a cold calling funnel where people are uh, calling a list of leads of our potential clients, literally wow. calling them with a script like out of nowhere yeah, yeah. and being like, yo dude, like, and we have the entire script. <laughs> and then we have, uh, we, we have the Instagram DM funnel. Mm -hmm. Obviously we, we move that over to Instagram DMs, Facebook DMs and Twitter DMs. Okay. We started running Facebook ads, started running TikTok ads. And then we have a structure where uh, they're all coming in through 
getting a peaked interest in our service. So we're peaking their interest somehow, like TikTok mm-hmm. ads we're talking about want to get verified. Yeah. On uh, on Facebook ads we're talking about want to get featured in USA Today, want to have high-level press. Mm-hmm. On Instagram DMs, it's very custom. And then we get them to where they want to book an appointment. We book the appointment with our setter oh, and okay. appointment setters. They qualify the lead, book it to our closer, our closer closes them. How many people you got work for you? What's the team? On the sales side of things, you're like total. Let's do total. Let's do total. Do you have a number? Man, I don't have a number. You don't have a number? Maybe like, maybe 45. Jeez. Damn. That's crazy. Impressive. Not, Impressive. not, not all full-time. Though. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like, maybe, maybe 20 people full-time. Okay. Uh-huh. Wow. Do you, ever, do you ever take it low-key, bro? Like, you <laughs> see <laughs> Dude, our, our our original name of our company, like <laughs> our original name of our company was going to be low key, and yeah. so like we had we had this drawing of the key, Ooh. we had it like this, yeah, we had it like this, where it was low key. This was the original logo, uh-huh. and then and then we went to Manitoba uh, registry office, all in person, dang. myself, my older brother, yeah. and then our, our our good friend, and we went in there, and I was like, I was like, dude, like we're we're, we're trying to trademark this and get registered for mm-hmm. low key. They're like, oh, sorry, it's taken we're like damn so we went back home and we're like it's over damn it's, it's over, over. It's over. <laughs> we spent so much time on like thinking about the name and then we're like wait wait, wait like we're not low-key and then it was, it was hilarious like we literally like did a thing in the movies where we were like wow we can just like move it we just like move it around and what? then it's high key and then so so we went back and then we uh we asked if high key was available and that was so then we just rode with it <laughs> and then it it like kind of worked like low key wouldn't. <laughs> uh. Damn. Damn, bro, that's hilarious, man. Okay, so <laughs> where are so we going with that? The the reason I asked that is, do you ever keep it low key? Is like, man, you guys are running on like four cylinders, full full out like every day. Is there ever a moment where you're like, man, I gotta take a break? Like life's getting life's life good, eh? crazy. She probably wants like, that. Eh? Man, where do you where do you <laughs> feel content? Like, would it be Drake? Or would it be like Justin Bieber? Would it be like a hundred mil? Like, wh- I know you guys want Justin Bieber, dude. This is like, damn. This is this is hard. So, it like, comes in waves. It comes in waves, and it comes back to like the comes back to major goals and like what you actually want of life and and like the happiness mm-hmm. and like where where it like all balances out. And I don't know that my answer to this would change about like where I, where I'm at in terms of like the business and like how much work I'm doing right now, I feel extremely overloaded. And like, I tend to do this to myself where I put like way too much on my plate Mm -hmm. and, and then I get to a point of being like so overloaded and having to transition to either like hiring a lot of people at once, which makes me even more overloaded because then I have to onboard them, Mm -hmm. train them up and then delegate the services to them. Cause we're at a stage where like every single person I'm hiring aren't for minimal tasks anymore. It's for like very high level tasks where Mm -hmm. a lot of training, a lot of hiring process go into it to that. So I'm, I'm at a stage right now where I do want to definitely lessen stuff off of my plate, but I think that there's no way of avoiding it when you're trying to scale up so big. Like you, you only can scale with being uncomfortable in, mm-hmm. in certain situations. Like it's never going to be comfortable to scale. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody would start a business. Everybody would scale a business if it was completely comfortable, if it was easy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, right now it, it's like, I do want to lessen stuff, but 
in the grand scheme of things, like if we talk about like goals and stuff where I want to get to, I'd love to hear your guys' goals too. Sure. Uh, but like just a quick share of my goals is I have a, I have a vision board that I, I, I drew out uh, and I got it painted in a eight by four foot painting okay. and it has, it has a private jet on it, a massive yacht. Uh, like a really massive yacht, sure. like a mega yacht. Like, have you guys seen Jeff Bezos? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That 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 exact yacht that yacht. has a boat in the yacht. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy, <laughs> <laughs> literally. And so those things. I'm not a materialistic person. A big. I I do like materialistic yeah, things, but I use them as like milestones. So like mm -hmm. the jet is like one milestone I want to get to. Mm -hmm. But yeah, right now I want to do in a combination of like I want to first get a lot of things off my plate. And then I want to start working on the business instead of inside the business as much. And then I want to see what my goals are from, from that point. But where are your guys' goals? I'm, I'm going to be honest. It looks very similar to yours. Yeah. <laughs> it looks very similar. Yeah, but yeah, no, of course. It, mon there's always a monetary goal, right? Yeah. Uh, reaching that. And also materialistic things. Some of these things I've wanted since I was like four years old, yeah. right? Like a, a Lamborghini, a green Lamborghini, like... I'm not he just has a poster of it. You know, yeah. I have a poster of it in my room. Like those are things that I've wanted since I'm a kid. So like, obviously, if I have the resources to do it, why not? Yeah, you know. Um, but there's also there's also a family side to it too, right? Like I'm very family oriented. So having a a successful family, like a you know a nuclear unit, right? Mm. That, that, those are also part of the thing as well. But I I, I ask you this question: Is is there a sense of urgency that you feel um, to reach those things? Because if there's no sense of urgency, just take a chill pill. It's damn that that that's that's a good question. These are questions that like I I ask myself sometimes, and uh -huh. I, I get stuck on. The sense of urgency is like I'm definitely patient in a lot of things. Oh dang. <laughs> He's thumbed him, bro. Yeah. You wanted an intro clip. We got you an intro <laughs> clip. <laughs> this, this is a great question. This is a really good question. Like, what, why Why keep going? Like, if are, is it competitors? Are you scared somebody's going to catch up to you? Is it... Um, or is it always, like... Life in general? Being 1% better or, you know, like... Is it, is it, is it the fear why? that it might be... You might not make it? Don't do we don't want to go that dark, but like, you know, dude, I want to keep going. And the reason I keep going is because like I'm at a point now where I can't stop. Like there's too many people that depend on me. Like they, you asked me how many people work for me. Like it's literally like if I stop, like I'm letting down so many people at this point. Mm hmm. I literally can't stop. Like yeah. there's literally no option of stopping. And so my only option really is standing still or excelling. And so when you're given those two options, why not just excel? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I kind of like that I have no option of stopping because I'm, I'm not sure that I might reach a threshold where I would want to stop. But literally, the, I, I can't. Like, there's so many people that depend on me. Like, they, there's people in, 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 like, tons of people, like, 10 people in our business that are full-time that are each like buying their house, buying yeah, their yeah. first house. And, and they, they expect like that their paychecks are coming in every single time. And like, yeah, I have to make sure that cash is coming in. Sales are being generated that like everything's being monitored correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From a le leadership perspective and a leadership point of review in business, how do you do continue to motivate your team to believe in that high key vision? 
see that that's easy that comes natural <laughs> like that's that's probably hard to some people but i'm a very outgoing person i'm a very like enthusiastic person i'm very happy all the time and so like I, i'm naturally I, that's been a natural gift of mine where i've been able to like elevate people like i've been able to i'm not necessarily i've never been like a good speaker mm -hmm. uh, i actually had a hardcore stutter as a kid and so i had a hard time speaking yeah. uh but yeah, I, I, I feel like a leadership role has always been like good to a certain extent, especially in like the motivation category. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And motivating the team. But but you enjoy this stuff, right? Love Does it, it ever feel like work? Like, is it, you continue going because you, I, I, I would assume you enjoy it. Or does it get to a point where you don't enjoy it and you're just doing it because it's a routine and you have to work? I enjoy aspects of it. Okay. I enjoy... Uh, and and that is actually that's that's great that's actually uh one thing that i am always striving for where whenever i'm taking a step back and looking on the business i'm always striving to take out not only the low dollar per hour tasks but take out the tasks that drain my energy and take out the tasks that i don't like doing mm -hmm. so like i weigh that i weigh like i'm trying to take out the low dollar per hour tasks right now where right now if i'm hiring anything out it's about like i'm trying to i'm trying to look at like the hundred dollar per hour tasks that i'm trying to take out at this point yeah, yeah and but then some of those tasks i actually really really enjoy okay. and so it's a balancing thing where like i'm like yeah like i'll take take out that task and delegate it but i also want to keep on that one just for a little bit longer because i mm -hmm. enjoy doing that uh -huh. yeah. and so it's like it's like reflecting on every single thing that i'm doing in the business and being like what are the things i really really enjoy like for example like right now with building out the sales team i really really enjoy talking with our sales team and being a leader of our sales team and telling them like ways that they can improve reviewing their calls explaining like uh different strategies working on different strategies and then learning on that because when you're teaching you're you're really teach yourself you really show yourself how much you actually know about the subject when you're teaching it's crazy like mm -hmm. you don't know how much you know about a subject until you t try teaching it sure. so i really enjoy that but then during that i'm having to take closing calls to record myself to basically show to my team that i can do it so you can do it mm -hmm. and so like i'm basically like being the representation of what they should be like yeah. but i hate taking closing calls sure. hate it i'm decent at it hate taking closing calls but it's something i've had to do and it, it, it drains my energy a ton but mm -hmm. yeah so what do you look in terms of like outsource right like you say the dollar per hour kind of value that's kind of you said a hundred dollars per hour that's what you're at now like that's the level that you're looking for like hey, look who you're talking to man. <laughs> like, that's crazy bro like that's yeah I, I i started off so like when we when we hired our first first employee i wasn't thinking that way at all mm -hmm. after we hired about after we hired about three people then I was kind of looking at my personal side of things. I'm like, how can I hire out the low dollar power activities that you do in every day? You mm -hmm. know, like dishes, like uh, uh, laundry, sure, sure. food. And so I actually hired a, a, a full-time nanny, which was, which was sick. Like that was like, <laughs> dude, as soon as you get to a certain level, like this is where like money, money has thresholds of like how much it, how sick it gets, sure. how sick it gets. And then afterwards it's like completely meatless. Like the nanny like getting a full-time nanny to uh -huh. do cooking, cleaning oh, yeah. for you, dude, it doesn't get better than that. There, there's no threshold that's better. Once you get to that, you've made it. You've made uh, it. Like, <laughs> Bro, if you have a nanny, you've made it. That's yeah. crazy. You full-on made it at that point. And then, yeah, after that, then it's just like milestones that you're going after. Mm -hmm. Like, do I need a private jet? Hell no. 
Hell no. Of like no one, no one, of <laughs> no one really needs a private jet, but it's a sick milestone yeah. to go after. Why not? Uh-huh. So let's talk about that lifestyle, man. Like having a nanny and like, bro, moving from Winnipeg to Puerto Rico. Does she travel with you? Is like, she here? <laughs> Can we get her on the pod? <laughs> <laughs> it's well, her. It's her. <laughs> no. So I had, I, we had a nanny, okay. full-time nanny when, uh, when myself, uh, this is crazy. So we, we moved down to Puerto Rico uh-huh. from Canada yeah. uh, at the beginning of uh, 2021. Can and I ask why? Is it just like tax reasons? <laughs> Or like uh, legally, my attorney. Uh, yeah, so that's yeah. one question that right, I can't. Right. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, <laughs> no, we figured that we we strike that out before you even came. We we're like, okay, <laughs> all right, the nanny, the, the nanny, weather. the nanny. <laughs> yeah, so we moved to we moved to Canada. Uh, we moved to Puerto Rico from Canada at the beginning last year, and it was myself and my two brothers that lived together, and then also our videographer that you, you had AX on the money. Yeah, AX yeah, AX yeah. ACX money. ACX money. Yeah, yeah, and okay. so he he came out there too, uh-huh. and we were all living together. And so it just made sense to have a full-time nanny there. Like yeah. it wasn't just like my time that I was saving. It was, okay. it was saving Jordan's time, Jax's time. Like it was, it was the best investment ever in mm-hmm. terms of like, we were able to work just 24 seven, but then things came up. Like my, my older brother had, had a long-term girlfriend and then I met Kendall and uh, then, then we started dating and like, yeah. And then things escalated and like having, having two relationships in the same household bit complicated so then we moved out and then uh and then we we didn't really need a nanny anymore but yeah so talk about your failures got it so the major lessons within failure is that i took i've said this in other podcasts but it's so true it's like especially when you're getting into business you have to have the mindset of every single failure is like your tuition into business especially if you didn't go to university or even if you did go to your university, like the real world is, is different than how university business classes are. And so many people can vouch for yeah, that yeah. who are actually in, in business. Like there, there's two people in our company that went through a full degree of business and they're like, yeah, this is completely different. The, the way that you guys run your business and the way that it's actually happening than what happened in business school. Mm-hmm. And so taking every single failure as just your to just taking it under the chin and being like, dude, this is just like my tuition into business, which isn't that like yeah, in the grand course. scheme of things, like yeah, it's cheap, yeah. it's cheap, no, yeah, and you're learning the real world with it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I want to talk about um, are you, are you guys aware of like your public perception, like how people view your brand? I I think uh, I think we're very polarizing, mm-hmm. and uh, I like it. Okay. Because any good brand is polarizing. Yeah, like, course. for example, like Joe Rogan, like we were talking about yeah. that beforehand, very polarizing. You have people that hate him and then you have people that love him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's funny because this is a Winnipeg podcast. And I think that a lot of your viewers probably have like very strong emotions towards uh, towards me if they know me sure. and towards our company. Because mm-hmm. like we have done some things in, in Winnipeg that, mm-hmm. yeah, like, you know, it, we it, grew up here. We made some mistakes. Sure. But, eh, yeah, and some people hold on to that even when you leave mm-hmm. and hold on to the past version of yourself when that's not even who you are anymore. The reason I ask is just because um, a lot of people are trying to do what you do, especially I'm talking about the giveaway side. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are trying to do what you do, but it comes off as a scam. I'm going to be honest here. Right? And correct me if I go overboard, but I'm just being straight honest here, that although you guys are doing it, I, I, I'm... Talk to many people on your team, and I 
I, I believe that it's legitimate, right? But when some people search up the word high key on Google, the first question is, is high key a scam? Do you guys know about that? Like, yeah. I assume, obviously, you of, know of about course. that. So what is it like convincing those people? Or you don't even have to convince them necessarily, but that's the idea. And especially in the space of giveaways, because giveaways started with like giving away cash, correct? But yep. Instagram banned that. Why? Yeah, so Instagram banned, give, I, I actually don't know the reason why Instagram banned giveaway cash, but how we found out that Instagram banned giveaway cash is because they deleted our verified Instagram at Heike Clout. Sure. Dude, that was, that was a horrible time because business was booming. Mm -hmm. And then boom, just out of nowhere, at Heike Clout goes down and we're like, dude. And we had no no idea why. Yeah. And like, if if you understand the value that we put on these Instagrams, like at the time, at Heike Clout had about 600,000 followers and was verified. We invested probably about 100 grand into that Instagram. And so we valued it, just that Instagram at about like $250,000. Okay. And so that by that going down, like we were like, Oh dude, hey, this is, this is really rough. And we had no vendors. Like we have so many connections at Facebook, like Facebook employees. We have so many vendors at Facebook and we couldn't get it back for the life of us. Damn. And it was gone. So for the next three months we were running, uh, we were running our giveaways on at high key agency when it's a completely different business. And uh -huh. so it was, it, it was hard doing that. Um, but do you, do you think Instagram took it away because you're not really cheating? This is like you're doing everything normal, but Instagram wants that authenticity, I, 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 I believe, right? And with, with people buying into these spots, it sort of plays on their terms and conditions. Like, do you think Instagram's ever going to catch up to you guys and be like, oh, you know what? Maybe let's not do this. Yeah, yeah. Do you so guys worry about that or like think about that? So Instagram's tried to do that mm -hmm. uh, with the banning the cash sure. giveaways, but there's no further actions that they can take because okay, okay. giveaways have to stay on. You can't take away giveaways yeah, yeah, yeah. on social media, and we're, we're just playing off of the giveaway route. And so, like, it's never gonna it's never gonna get okay, affected. Okay. And it, to be honest, like Instagram as a whole it's dying down. Sure. And so we're going to be of moving course. on to the other platform. We're going to be yeah. doing TikTok giveaways. And we actually started doing TikTok giveaways. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to do giveaways on the next social media platform. And giveaways is only like a portion of our business. Like sure. we, we do a lot of like press and publications yeah, and yeah. then also social media management clients. Mm -hmm. And so that's a portion of it. But like getting back to your question about how does it get to me in terms of it being a scam? It, it, it sucks in a sense yeah, of course. because we've literally, we've given away like way more money than I have personally. And you showed it too. Yeah. Right. Like it's all, you guys did a video of like yeah. giving away his Tesla. Yeah. And it, it, it lowered, it lowered my commitment to being in the content for the giveaways because it just, it, it did get to me a bit sure. because uh, at the start of it, when we were starting at high key cloud, I was going live Instagram stories every single time I was giving away like cash and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's harder now giving away like cars and giving away Louis V bags to actually show everything yeah. because we're having to either go into the store or order it online and put in the people's address and all of that. And so it, it's more complicated than to just show like cash sending a PayPal mm -hmm. over, over the internet, which kind of sucks. Mm -hmm. and, and to clarify, I'm not coming at you guys, but yeah. I think, I, there's other companies that like will use your name and likeness to do those scamming things, yep. which in terms hurts you guys. Yeah. Even if you guys are doing a legitimate, which I, which I believe you guys are. Yeah. And so the, it, it's not like you, it's everybody else who's trying to take 
your name for it. Yes, there's literally thousands. Like if you search up high key on yeah, Instagram, yeah, exactly. there's literally thousands of fake accounts. These are like Indian accounts, basically like outreaching to our followers, like uh -huh. say, saying, yo, you just won you this won. prize. All you gotta do is send $100 <laughs> cash app to here. People get scammed by that all the time. To be fair though, like if you're getting scammed by that, like it really sucks, but it's kind of a wake up call yeah. because like you, you, it means you didn't do any research on it. Like exactly. we literally yeah, yeah. have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars getting all of our pages verified mm -hmm. with all of the press that we yeah. have and like actually being credible. And so it, it's kind it's of their fault for not yeah, like yeah. searching up. Like, but it reflects it, badly on you guys. It does. It does reflect badly mm -hmm. on us. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it comes it's, back it's to just, just, just ethics and like yourself, like, cause you're with yourself at the end of the day. Like I'm not with any of those people online yeah, exactly, and exactly. with myself, I know that I'm legitimately giving away all that money mm -hmm. and I, I feel, I feel really good about it. And we're going to continue to give away my, like we've literally given away over $2 million in the yeah. past two and a half years, like $2 million of cash and prizes. <laughs> Dude, that's more money than I have personally, like personally, like yeah. not the company, like personally, I, I don't have two, two and a half mil. It's a big number. It's a big number. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about social or press presence. Like you, you mentioned that a couple of times. Having how important is that for your personal brand and high key as well? Like having that press presence. For for us, it was huge. For us, it was huge because we were in the social media space and in the branding space, and so our entire presence, which obviously includes Google, because the next place that people search you up on Instagram is Google. 52% of customers search on Google before making a purchasing decision. Mm. And so it's massive for a credibility standpoint for us. But again, this comes back to like where you're at, what industry you're in. Not everybody needs press and like it's a timing thing. Like for example, all localized businesses should have press because like everybody's searching up their business on Google. Mm -hmm. Like it's Instagram and then Google first thing. And yeah. it's there for making a purchase decision every single e-commerce product should go into press at a bit because they're searching for external credibility to make sure that the product isn't a scam mm -hmm. uh -huh. and then for like us for example and this is other like relating businesses but for us like high key clout like if we didn't have press the only thing that would come up is is high key clout a scam but like yeah. when you search up yeah, like yeah. even if you search up is high key clout a scam the next links right underneath it's that is like high key press. Yeah, like it's yeah. like, yeah, it's talking about like high key clout. How do they do the, all these giveaways? Mm -hmm. Like all of that. Uh -huh. Yeah. Can we talk about the giveaways? <laughs> yeah. I get more. Yeah. Let's make a lot of money. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> He's been dying to ask that question. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think, I think just because money is such a, you know, especially when, if you're on the rise, uh, <laughs> don't put it cancel that. <laughs> cut that get up. rid of that cut that cut that but, um, <laughs> when when you're starting off right as as anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur you want to make that dollar amount my friend like you're chasing that money chasing that bag you guys make a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> you probably can't say it, it, it's, on, it's on your website right you yeah. guys like you yeah. guys have your packages yeah right the baby's going live today it is. How much money are you going to make off that? <laughs> Better question. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm what sorry are the margins? Margins. Right. Margins. Mar yeah. Can you talk about the margins? Yeah. Yeah. Margins on the baby giveaway are probably like when it's all said and done. It's a bit complicated because you have to take into to account the team. Yeah. And then like if you're taking into account time, but rough, roughly about like 30, 35% margins. Biggest margin giveaway. Let's talk about the biggest yeah, yeah, margin. Of course. That's giveaway, what we want to know. That's what we want to know. One, the Kevin Hart campaign. Dude. Yeah. Dude, we were on top of the world <laughs> after this campaign. Oh my God. Not only do we make so much money, but we also hit our follower numbers, which yeah. was 100,000 followers. 
we did a crazy technique of where we were doing Facebook ads because uh, Kevin Hart wasn't going to get 100,000 followers on, on his own. Okay. So we so we found out about this new technique of where we were running the Kevin Hart video they made on Facebook ads, okay. retargeting his followers. Ah, okay. And so, like, people were still getting the followers <laughs> from it, and we basically we pumped 150 grand into Facebook ads because of how much we made. Mm-hmm. And then after it was all sent down, got a hundred thousand followers. Our customers were messaging us being like, dude, so <laughs> crazy, man. This is the craziest giveaway I've ever been into. When's the next one, dude? So happy. We didn't get a single like customer complaint from that giveaway. Huh. And, uh, we walked away from it with uh, 600,000 us in profit. Jeez. And we split it between, uh, the three partners, which was myself, my older brother. And then like our, our giveaway profit split at the time. Uh, I convinced Joran at that time. So that that was in 2020. I convinced Joran at that time where I was like, dude, we just we just made this bag. We've been doing good. Let's buy a Lambo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the yeah. Lambo story. The Lambo story. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then and then and then Joran said, he's like, man, like, aren't you supposed to lease really expensive whips? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, for sure, man. Like, we would for sure <laughs> lease it, but there's no Lamborghini Urises in Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> and then. How do you say, pronounce it? Urus? I think it's uh, Urus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Urus. Uh-huh. And 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 Jordan's <laughs> like, yeah, you got a point. And so I searched up leasing a Lamborghini Urus in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. and the only thing that came up. And after I I called a couple dealerships, the only thing is like you would have to go into Toronto because mm-hmm. it was like the closest place to get a Urus, lease the Urus there, and then do some sketchy stuff of bringing it back to Winnipeg. But we went it full time. Mm-hmm. So I convinced Jordan to buy Eurus all cash. And so we, <laughs> we bought a Eurus full cash, got it shipped over to Winnipeg. We were the first Eurus in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, dude, that was, it's crazy, man, because it was the craziest feeling ever getting that car. Mm-hmm. Like it was the first like big milestone of like a materialistic thing. Yeah. Crazy. But it was from a very like ego standpoint uh-huh. where I really wanted it and I liked it because I wanted to show off. Sure. And so I wanted to drive around in the Lambo. I went, I w- the only thing I was doing driving around the Lambo, I wasn't even looking at the Lambo. Singing I was just people. looking at people's reactions. If they like, pull out dude, their phone. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so it was cool, but it quickly faded, okay. quickly faded. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it lasted like for, for two weeks, basically while I was showing everybody and then it just felt like a normal car. Mm-hmm. And like, that's really what, <laughs> that's the crazy thing about like milestones and yeah, stuff yeah. because a jet will feel that way too yeah. and it's just crazy it's just like what you're what you're trying to achieve where you're trying to where you're trying to get to so did you end up selling it, <laughs> it was yeah. Lease. yeah so oh my god no he bought it cash oh, right? dude, oh yeah he bought it cash. dude this is a sad one so who got it can i buy it off <laughs> i don't so, have money yet but so like. we bought all cash and like these things are expensive like it was like 320 uh-huh. and and then like light three i'm 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 crazy and so i convinced my Jordan to to completely deck it out. So we got <laughs> we got a matte black wrap. And then uh, I'm like, dude, I want to do more customizations to it. He's like, we're going into winter time. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, but like, we got to get ready for like next summer. For, <laughs> <laughs> for Sunday night cruise nights, bro. And yeah. then Jordan's like, fine, just do whatever you want to it. And uh, so I literally ordered uh, these crazy gold wheels, $40,000 wheels. Yeah. $40,000 wheels and then I got a rift exhaust it was like a $25,000 rift exhaust with gold tips they only made 25 of these in the entire world uh-huh. gold tip rift exhaust it was supposed to boost up the the horse to some crazy numbers normally like 650 supposed to boost it up to 850 Jeez. yeah and then I was going to tune it uh-huh. but I didn't and I had these gold rims this rift exhaust and it was during the winter time and then we decided to move to Puerto Rico <laughs> 
and I moved to Puerto Rico, it all got put on. Mm-hmm. We, we we worked with uh, OSS Motorsports. They actually like oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, they're sick yeah they're super sick. Met the guy at Summer Sound. Yeah, I met yeah. the guy. <laughs> Monic? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. uh-huh. he's, yeah. He, he's dope. Yeah, yeah. and so so got all of these all of these customizations done to it. But I'm in Puerto Rico now. I literally didn't even see it in person Damn. with the gold rims. I just saw pictures of Monic sending it to me, <laughs> and he's like, "Dude, like this is crazy." He's like, "I just took it out for a test drive." I'm like, "What do you mean, like, bro? Like it's winter time." Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's my money. That's yeah. my car. Yeah. yeah. And so we're in Puerto Rico, and I'm like, "Damn, like." I kind of want to send this to Puerto Rico. And so we looked at shipping it to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico has a 40% luxury car import tax. So we would have had to pay like 160 grand right off the top, right off the top, like literally just the taxes. And then we would have been driving around in Puerto Rico with this flashy whip. And like, it's kind of a third, it's kind of third world country. Like, like kind of. It, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been. In that yeah. Yeah. Like they, Like there's major areas where it's very Americanized, but okay. then on the outskirts, like it's it's def- like people only speak Spanish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Puerto That's Rico. Crazy, man. Puerto Rico. Yeah. What's like there? Puerto Rico's. You you run into like people. Uh, like you run into Logan. Who, who, yeah, Logan's <laughs> down there, right? <laughs> we, we actually uh, we almost sold our Canam to uh, to Logan Paul. Nice. Yeah, we yeah. We, <laughs> we told him that we had a Canam and we didn't want it anymore, and then we drove over drove over to his house, and then his dad test drove it with us, and he's like, "Dude, there's kind of like a rattling sound in here." We're like, "No, it's like it's all good," <laughs> and then they didn't end up buying it. I mean. What a Bro, life. What a life. That's man. crazy. What a life. <laughs> Any advice you can give to the listeners out there that want to replicate what you do? How do we want to end this off? Or, <laughs> or do anything entrepreneurial? Dude, I don't think people want to uh I don't think people want to replicate what I do. If somebody wants if somebody's gonna replicate what I do, like it's not gonna be me telling them <laughs> that like, dude, you gotta really want it. Yeah. You gotta yeah. really want it. It's like Elon Musk said, it's like growing up a business, growing up a massive business, and I was telling Kendall this, is that growing up a massive business is like staring into the darkness while eating glass. That's a good analogy, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but 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 That's for deep. what people should do is they should just like well it depends where the, again it depends where they're at but like if they're like just starting out like if they're in college like just trying out some things like mm-hmm. think figuring out what they actually like find that's happy like, like so many people are in are in university where they don't even know what they want to do like I, I remember when when my friends at the time were all like in second third year university mm-hmm. I, I asked them like why are they doing that like, why are they pursuing that path? And they're like, I don't know. Or they're like, my, my parents wanted me to. Uh, and then I just don't get that in terms of when you're young, you're able to take, like, so many people still live with their parents and stuff, which is, like, the greatest opportunity to take the biggest risks. Like, you're literally, like, outside of high school, like, in high school, all the way up until, like, 25. You can take the biggest risks with your life, like, the craziest risks. Yeah. Just go for it. Like go for the moon. Literally like take your dreams and like just start attacking it. Like 12-hour days and just start attacking it. And because it, if you wake up and you're like 30, like it's harder to take those risks. You still can, but it's harder. Like if you got a family and you're doing something that you don't like, that, that's hard. I agree. Uh-huh. All right. On that note, I think this is a perfect way to end off the podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to check out Luke. We'll have everything in the description below. We're live every Tuesday morning at 11.30 a.m. on the UMFM radio station 101.5 FM. And until next time, peace.
Thank you, Luke. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Let's I appreciate go. it. Yeah.